0: Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's uh, crack a beer and get the ball rolling, folks. Wow, excuse me. Uh, Just here for the beer. So tonight, excuse me, I went with the Pale. It's a hazy, pale ale um, from Bear State Brewing um, Co-op located in... Minneapolis, actually just east of that northeast Minneapolis Arts District, so not far, um, uh, excuse me, not far from uh, northeast, um, not too far from the Rosedale Center area as well, so yeah, it's actually off of, uh, it's right on the corner of, what is that, northeast Lowry Avenue um, and uh S- highway 65 um i unfortunately have not been to this place but it it looks it looks sweet um they have a cool outside patio area um, and also have a cool a uh, pretty cool inside area too so yeah have to say um don't love this but certainly don't hate it um like i said it's a it's a hazy uh, pale ale, it's about five, um, APB, um, it says it's a hazy and tropical pale ale brewed with wheat, oats, citra, Simcoe, and Denali hops, um, again, I, I, I don't think it's a terrible beer, if I'm being honest for myself, it, it tastes like a slightly citrusy, excuse me, um, just normal pale ale and other than um, IPAs and um, I I typically kind of go towards pale ales um, as well. Uh, right now, I'm actually looking at their website. It's, it's unfortunate. It's retired and then in parentheses it says for now, so if you guys are interested in trying it out yourself, I'm sure if you go there enough and ask for it, they'd bring it up. Um, on their website, they... If they mention tasting notes of soft, juicy, and mango, Um, I think, you know, the more I let it sit on my palate, I can taste the little um, citrusy that I was talking about. I can taste it kind of switch to um, mango. Um, so yeah, there's also um pretty cool uh, tidbit about this. It says, fun fact on this page. Um, excuse me, um, on their website, it says, at the time, Pale was first brewed in 2015 with citra hops, the ingredients that gives Pale its signature mango characteristic, and it was difficult to acquire in large quantities, so the production of this beer was actually limited, which is probably, you know, why it's, uh, retired right now, and then it says, as soon as availability of citra changed, we started canning and distributing it. So, um, I would definitely say. I mean, like I said, I got this not too long ago at. Um, I got this not too long ago at uh, Total Wine, so definitely go check this out. Um, definitely go check out. Um, Fair State uh, Co-op Brewery as well. Like I said, has some very very cool, um, pictures. I definitely want to get out to this once it uh, gets nice out, and very straightforward, very cool um, website as well. They are uh, very similar to the. Uh, place we did last week um, despite the coldness they still have uh, events going on throughout <laughs> excuse me throughout the um, coldness they actually have a um, beer uh, new beer release coming out on the 27th they got trivia nights uh, they got seller Saturdays they got co-op Mondays um, they have uh, pop-ups um, Really cool place. They got Bingo. So like I said, definitely got to go check these guys out. Um, once again, I like, I love trying new beers. I'm by no um, sense of the word, are a beer connoisseur. But <clears throat> I like it. I honestly, especially when it's nicer out, I would definitely gravitate toward this more. So I would probably have to, the more I think about it, the more I taste it. And probably to give, give it a solid 6-7. <coughs> um, one thing I would also like to note for anybody that is interested in going checking this place out, um, along with uh, all of the mandates in Minneapolis, it uh, they do have a message on their website. It says, fair state requires proof of COVID-19 vaccination or a negative test for indoor service at the tap room. Um, so just FYI for those that are interested in going to check this out, I would I definitely recommend going check these guys out. Let me know what else um, is going on and uh, what else I should try from there. So, without um, further ado, uh, we actually have some good news for this men's hockey team. This last weekend, they picked up their second win of the season. Unfortunately, the weekend did not start off with the win as on Friday night's uh in Big Rapids, Michigan, uh, at Ferris State. The men's dropped the first of the two-game series, losing 1-3. to three. Ferris State scored a pair of insurance goals just over a minute and a half apart early in the third period to build their 3-0 lead on Friday night's 3-1 win for them. The Bulldogs uh, actually outshot the Tommies 34-12 in this game, um, and they actually took the lead to stay with the goal five only 5 minutes and 37 seconds into period uh, 2. It is worth noting in this game, the Purple got on the scoreboard as Cameron Recchi scored a power play goal with 3.33 left in the contest, assisted by Nolan Swachuk and Tim Pachowski. Um, the Toms actually had another power play goal late in the game, and they pulled a goalie but were unable to capitalize uh Tommy actually recorded thirty seven saves in Friday night's game. Um but the very next night they got their second win of the uh of the season and they gave head coach Rico um uh, Rico uh, Blasi his four hundredth um NCAA win. Uh Tommy Junior John Schultz capped a wild third period on Saturday night as he muscled a goal uh, during a scramble in front of the net with three seconds left in regulation time to lift um, the St. Thomas team to a 4-3 win at Ferris State and gave them their second split of the season. Senior Peter Tomey stopped 38 of 41 shots for the Tommies, uh, but the late drama ended the Toms' 15-game losing streak, providing us with our first road victory as well. And like I mentioned, uh, Rico Blasi gave got his 400th career coaching when in his first uh, twenty-one seasons, including his first twenty at Miami, uh, Ohio, um, it's interesting in this game. The purple actually never trailed, but they saw their three-nothing lead through two periods evaporate. Uh, Fair State used an extra attacker goal to tie the game with fifty-four seconds to play. But during, like we mentioned, that late scramble Schultz was credited with his first goal as a tommy with matthew jennings and nolan swatcha getting assists on the game winner um freshman tim patowski actually scored two goals and jennings added two assists cameron Recky stayed hot in this game with his first period goal and now has three goals and two assists over his last four games so congrats to him Tommy. Finished with 37 games, uh, tied for second most for him this uh, season. Um, so next up for the St. Thomas team, actually home on Thursday excuse me, Thursday uh, at 7 p.m. to face off the top-ranked Minnesota State in the first of two-game series. The teams will then play again on Saturday at 4.30 p.m. outdoors in Mankato at Blanks- Blake's Lee Stadium as part of the Hockey Day Minnesota 2022 celebration. So congratulations to them. And once again, it's going to be a tough beat, but hopefully they can get um, a- another season split. So uh, good luck to them. Um on their hockey day minnesota um hockey sorry i don't know why i just blanked their hockey day minnesota um game and hope for the best this next weekend um unfortunately for the women's hockey team they weren't in action this last weekend as their series in madison wisconsin against the wisconsin badgers was canceled due to um health and uh Protocols concerning COVID 19. The good news is they are now getting ready to take on um, the Minnesota State University Mankato Mavericks um, as well. So the girls will actually be playing uh, a home and home series as well. Uh, Friday night, they will be in action at 7 p.m. in Mendota Heights. And then on Sunday, they will be in action at 1 p.m. in Mankato. So Good luck to them as well, um, and uh, we hope they can snap. They're, they're on a bit of a losing skid here, too. They're on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 game losing streak, and are 4, 15, and 1 overall, 2, 13, and 1 in conference play. So good luck. Um, to them, as for the men's basketball team, um, once again, I mean, since the beginning of the season, they've been kind of holding holding their own. I know um, a lot of people outside of the football team kind of looked at the volleyball team, the men's basketball team, baseball, and softball teams as teams that were primarily the, the primary reasons for the jump and would be able to hold their cells. And I got to say, I... I didn't know too much about the Summit League um, basketball teams um in terms of basketball but I'm I'm glad they're being able to hold their own so uh, through um yesterday um they are actually 8 and 8 on the season um and 2 and 2 in conference play uh just from this last week um actually just from this last week they they um Um, They weren't in action. They're actually taking on the South South Dakota State University Jackrabbits tonight in Shennacher Arena at 7 p.m. here uh, in a couple of hours. Um, But yeah, like I said, they're holding their own uh, at the beginning um, from December 29th until January 1st. They were on a two-game winning streak against North Central University of Minnesota and Western Illinois University as well. But from here on out, they will be strictly playing Summit League games. So like I said, this upcoming week, they got South Dakota State tonight, Saturday at 7 p.m., also in Shenaker Arena. They will be playing the University of South Dakota at 7. Tuesday, the 25th, they'll be in Fargo to take on North Dakota State University, and that will wrap up their games until this next podcast. So we wish them Excuse me. The best of luck. Uh, it's also worth noting. Um, I don't. I, I don't think we talked too much about them on last podcast. But through the first sixteen games of um of the season, um the Tommies are looking good. They currently have three players averaging uh, double digit points. Uh, Riley Miller is leading the way with seventeen point three points. Anders Nelson is right behind him with the 17 points even and Parker Björkland is right there as well with his, um, uh, with 14 points per game. Um, Parker Björkland is also leading the team with his three point percentage, um, at 667 and we actually have, including him, we have four players on the team shooting over 400, which is amazing, um. And, um, Parker Bjorklund is actually first on the team as well with a 584, uh, field goal percentage from the field. So, um, I mean, like I said, I think, I, I think this team will go as far as, you know, like I mentioned, uh, you know, the Riley Millers, uh, Anders Nelson and, uh, ouch, excuse me, um, and uh Parker Björklin, I think this team's gonna go as far as those guys go. Obviously, you know, you look at college basketball and you definitely have um a lot of players that you know, kinda kinda gotta step into their spotlight. But it seems like when these guys every game that I've seen that we've done well, all three of these guys are right up there in points, in um rebounds, in assists and all those things. I mean even Parker Bjorkland is leading the way with his seven point four rebounds per game. Um, so yeah, I mean I I think this team will go as far as they're able to take them and it'll be it'll be nice to um nice to see how far this team uh can go. So good luck to the team with their upcoming games. Um now for the women's excuse me, now for the women's basketball team um, they are currently on a two-game skid themselves. Uh, since the last podcast, they've gone 1-2. and two. They won the night of the last podcast, beating North Dakota State University, 73-62. But um, they fell short uh, to the University of North Dakota on Saturday, 55-66. to and they took a bit of a beating from Oral Roberts down in Tulsa, Oklahoma, losing by a score of 44-72. to 72. Um, The good news, similar to the men's team, uh, they don't have to wait long to respond to kind of get back in the saddle. As they will be in Brookings, South Dakota, taking on the South Dakota State Jackrabbits tonight at 7 p.m. Um, Saturday at one p m they'll be in Vermilion, South Dakota, taking on the University of South Dakota and that will wrap up their two games for the next week as well uh the girls team i mean they're they're holding their own their overall record um is six and ten. I would argue they've played a couple, a couple, like not, not not trying to compare. It's hard to compare any women's sports to men's sports. But you could argue, argue they've played a little bit of tougher non-conference opponents, uh, especially as they uh, start off with the University of Wisconsin on their schedule. But they're even 3-3 three and three in conference Um, play, um which is awesome um also for them um through their 16 games in the um 16 games into the season uh Aaron Norling is leading the team with her 13.5 uh, points per game and Jade Hill is not far behind with 12.6 on um, in the rebounds department uh Aaron Norling is also leading the team with 5.3 and then not far behind her uh Jordan Glenn is leading um or er, in second with 4.8 so once again you know a lot of good things coming from both of these teams um you know records probably aren't where they'd like them to be overall but um you know amongst the uh the conference in the early season they're um they're they're holding their own and again it's it's a long season um You know, neither of these teams are wrapping up play until late um, February. In fact, both teams have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 games left to play. And then even, you know, at that, um, you know, even at that, uh, looking at, looking at, um, you know, a potential uh, tournament afterwards for the Summit League anyways. So... That is what we have uh, for the College Corner this week. With that, we are jumping into our new segment. Um, like we mentioned last week, is our Sports Fact um, a Year calendar. Um, this one is a little bit different and a little more recent than last week's, but as it was only from today, three years ago. But today's it says the Patriots edged the Chiefs. Uh, 37-31 to in an AFC Championship game at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. New England leads 14-0 at halftime and 17-7 at the end of the third quarter. Holy crap. The two teams collected 38 points in the fourth quarter after four lead changes. The Patriots score on a four-yard run by Rex Burk- Burkhead with 39 seconds to go in regulation for a 38-28 to uh, lead. Kansas City ties the score 31-31 with 8 seconds left on a 39-yard field goal uh, by Harrison Butker. And on the first possession of overtime, Tom Brady leads his club on a 13-play, 74-yard, 4-minute, and 52-second drive capped out by a 2-yard TD run by Burkhead. I, I don't remember if I watched that game or not, but reading that, I remember watching that. For those that don't know... Um, the Man in the Arena series on Tom Brady, I've been kind of watching that. Uh, I just think Tom Brady's life is just crazy, so I just figured I'd watch it. And I vividly actually remember him talking about that in this last one. So um, crazy that there was that many points scored that late in the game. Um, so with that, um, why don't we move on to the next segment? So for this week's uh local business shout out, um I'm probably gonna get a little bit of crap for this, but my wife and I, obviously with a newborn child and with a niece uh, have already gone to this place uh once or twice in the last year, and we're uh, we just made a date with my mother in law and niece to go uh while we're on leave here um but the Minnesota Children's Museum is really, really sweet uh it's really cool like i said to bring your little ones there they have a lot of different um excuse me they have a lot of different uh I don't know why I'm blanking. They have a lot of different exhibits going on, um and different things. They have certain things that stay open like year round and then they have kind of just like, you know, the science museum or the history museum. They have different stuff coming up. Um, so like I said, for those that do have small children looking for something to do, for those that are, you know, nannies, watch young kids looking for something to do, uh, Minnesota Children's Museum is um definitely um uh some place to go right now. They got Thomas and Friends Explore the Rails now open and they also have the making of Shipwreck Adventures. So those are just a few of the ones that they have right now. But like I said, it's like I said, it's you know, it's kind of yeah, I know it's probably weird, you know, for me to bring this on on, on here. But it's um you know, it's something that we've done a couple times now. It's something that's uh you know really cool and honestly the first time i've gone since i was a child i was amazed with some of the stuff that they have too so it's really cool to you know go and you know support um you know local businesses and um you can get um you know tickets uh i don't think are is uh that crazy um general admission is like 15 dollars um, you can get uh, a season pass, too. I'm not sure exactly how much that is. I I think my wife and I have that, but definitely worth it, like I said, if you have small kids or if you're a nanny, things of like that. So definitely go check it out. Um, I think, you know, your littles will love it, and it'll be an easy way for you to, um, you know, kill a couple hours with them. So, yeah, they are actually open um they're not open Mondays or Tuesdays, but they're open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from nine a.m. to four p.m. And they're just down in Saint Paul on West, Seventh uh, Street. So that's what we have for our local business shout out. Um, as for uh, our professional teams, we actually have you know we're we're inching closer here. We're about a little more than a month out from spring training. But I saw a article come out today that said um, the Minnesota Twins will be inducting former manager Ron Gardenhire and former players Dan Gladden and Cesar Tovar into the team's Hall of Fame this summer. It said um, they'll become the 35th, 36th, and 37th members of the Hall of Fame and um during separate ceremonies at Target Field before games on August 20th and 21st. Uh, It also says this is the most inductees the Twins have had since the inaugural class in 2000. Um, Just a quick um, background on these guys. I think Garden Hire is the one most well-known, probably, of Amongst people listening to the podcast here, uh, he managed the Twins for 13 seasons from 02 to 2014, going 1,068 and 1,039 for the second most wins in club history with six American League Central titles. And he was also named the AL Manager of the Year back in 2010 as well. Um, excuse me, uh, as for Gladden, he played five seasons as a leadoff hitter. And left fielder from the eighty-seven to ninety-one seasons, winning two World Series for us. He joined the team's radio broadcast crew in two thousand, and has been. Um. Sorry, and has been the full-time analyst for the last nineteen years. Uh, he has the most postseason runs scored with seventeen in Twins history, and is tied for first in postseason games played with twenty-four. Um, Meanwhile, Tovar um, passed away back in 1994, but he played eight seasons for the Twins from 1965 to 72, and is third on the team's all-time list in stolen bases with 186, seventh in triples with 45, eleventh um, in hits 1,164. The native of Venezuela was a multi-positional player for the Twins, who in 1968 became the second player in major league history to play all nine positions in the same game, which I didn't even realize until I just read that off to you guys right now. So that that's, uh, that's pretty fantastic. So congratulations to all three of them in getting um, inducted into uh, the Twins Hall of Fame. Um, and as um, with that, we get to our first uh, question um, of the day. Um, Gabe wanted to know, What's it was a two part question. Said, "What's going on with the Timberwolves? Um, why does it seem like we can't get over the five hundred hump? And what do you think we have to do to get over that?" Um, I'm gonna be honest. I I know I started off the year watching a lot of their games. I have to be honest. Other than highlights, I haven't been doing great at watching a lot of them lately. Just you know, with a baby, <laughs> you have a lot of other things going on but from what I've been seeing I think you know it's a simple answer I think we need to do a better job of closing out games I look at this Hawks game that we lost last night 122 to 134 um and like I said I think we just need to do to do a better job of closing out games I want to say with um I want to say with not much time left um in the game we were up I want to say it was like 1 uh, no, we were down uh, by only 6, 122 to 128. And um, with an opportunity to make it a, what's that, you know, uh, 3 or 4 point game. And I think we just had a careless turnover, which ended up being worse than that. And, again, again, this is one of those games that looks like, geez, we, we got blown up by the Hawks by 12 points. It, you know, it was pretty, you know, close, you know, coming down to that. So, uh great question Gabe. I think, you know, the answer to your second question is we definitely got to do a better job of closing out games, whether we're the team with the lead coming into those crunch time minutes or we're trying to kind of come back and regain the lead and take it over. Um so that's what I would say to that. How, you know, and you know, it kind of goes answering, you know, one of the questions kind of answers both of them, you know, what do we kind of have to do? um, you know, why does it seem like we can't get over the hump? Um, like I said, I think as much as I love this team and as much as I think this team is going to take that next step, I think we're going to take, you know, we're going to be a seven through 10 team, which is awesome. Um, may get, you know, a first round series, probably lose it though. But, um, you know, I think, I think, um, you know, for one team, this team has just got to, you know, play with confidence regardless of who they're playing against, you know, you look at um, their, um, sorry about that, you look at, you know, some of these last games, um, you know, beat New York, you know, one 112 to 110. They closed out that game well. You go to, you host Golden State, you beat them 119 to 99. But then you look at Memphis, we lost by eight. You look at New Orleans, we lost by three, and that was one of those games that I actually watched, and we were leading most of that game. So that was a game we should have had. Um, and then before those last five games, we went off on a four-game winning streak, beating um, excuse me the Clippers, Houston, and Oklahoma City twice. So um, you know a lot, a lot of basketball yet to play and truthfully they're what's that you know 22 23 45 they're 45 games into the season which means what's that 37 games left to play and we're one win away from tying our wins from last season so we're definitely gabe we're definitely trending in the right direction um i would love to see this team you know finish above 500 i would like to note um with our um with our twenty two and twenty three record as it stands right now we 're third in the division, which is kind of um, surprising to me. I definitely thought um, I definitely thought uh, who is it the Portland Trailblazers would be doing better than they are and um, and the Denver Nuggets I thought would be better, but there 's only two games that separate the two of us um, and then you look at um, uh in the conference we're the seventh seed over we have we're tied with the we have the tiebreaker over the Lakers who are the eighth seed we have a half a game um on the clippers and then the trailblazers are intense um behind us by three and a half games so like i said i I struggle with this year's team because um you know I want to make sure I say the right words so I kind of struggle with this year's team because I want to. Like, I know this is a capable team, and you guys that are basketball fans and watch the Timberwolves with me, you know this team is capable of being a sixth. It's it's tough, but this team is capable of garnering that sixth seed. Um, Even a seventh seed is not bad, but they're capable of being where they are um, and staying competitive. It's just. You know, you try to give them also the benefit of the doubt. They're in a tough conference. Phoenix is amazing. Golden State is almost back to full strength. They're playing unbelievable. Memphis and John Morant is playing awesome. Uh Utah Jazz are balling out. The Dalek Mavericks have kind of silently been doing their thing. The Lakers are, you know, still kind of struggling, but I mean any LeBron James led team knows that, you know whatever. The Clippers are still I mean, there's there's just a lot of teams um in this um western conference that are just very good so you you know you're playing dogfights every every single night uh so that's the one thing I will say about them but um you know like I said they're uh they're holding steady I mean we're getting minutes and you know we're actually playing a lot of games with all three of our you know big 3 and Delo and Cat and um anthony edwards i mean it's worth noting all you know both anthony edwards and carl anthony towns are still averaging over 20 points d'angelo russell has 18.9 points um um you know anthony edwards is fourth on the team with 5.2 rebounds carl anthony towns has 9.2 jared vanderbilt has been playing great 9.1 rebounds um Uh, You know, I mean, you look at assists, D'Angelo Russell, Patrick Beverly, seven assists, five assists, respectfully. Um, Carl Anthony Towns for a big 3.7 is not doing bad. But then you look at, um, this surprised me, um, steals, one and a half. Anthony Edwards and Jared Vanderbilt um, and um, blocks. Nas Reed has one. Carl Anthony Towns has 1.2. But Pat Bev has nine. I think... Truthfully, Gabe, I think going back to your question, I think I look at um, Pat Beverly and I think he's been kind of quiet the these last couple of games. I think he's got to, you know, step up and kind of be that veteran leadership here. And um, I mean, I think it goes without saying, you know, we're kind of at that weird spot in the schedule um, in a sense that, um, you know, like I said, we got 37 games to go. Um, they got one, two, three, four, five games left in January and then it's February, March and April and basketball fans know, um, if you're a good team and, um, if you're a good team and you're, you want to make it far in the playoffs, you got to win games in February. Uh, it's not going to be a cakewalk, but we open it. I mean, we got, you know, in February, we got Denver, Detroit twice, Sacramento twice, Chicago, Indiana, Charlotte, Toronto. Memphis, Philly, I mean, there's some, we have a real chance to take February by storm and go on a big um, winning streak, it's just, it's it's honestly a matter of just getting it done, um, one way or another, um, so that's what we have uh, for them, like I did mention upcoming here, uh, they're in action, um, hosting the Brooklyn Nets at 7pm on Sunday, Tuesday on the 25th they'll be hitting the road for a quick three-game road trip um they'll be in Portland on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. and then on the night of the next podcast um they'll be in Golden State at 9 p.m. as well so that's what we have up next um for the Timberwolves as uh as for the Wild um Kind of, kind of biting my <laughs> lips here. We're not going to talk too much about them because I'm still kind of upset about uh, the call in the uh, Colorado uh, Avalanche game. It's great to get a great to come away with at least a point in that game, but that last goal that they allowed, um, I'm just going to be completely honest. Completely fucking bullshit. Um, it's awesome. Kapri- uh, Kirill Kaprizov is um, representing us in the. Uh, All Star Game coming up here, um, but a little shock. Cam Talbot is also um, representing us. Another reason we're going to kind of keep it short on the Wild because I could go on for twenty minutes on that. Um, because once again, I've I've mentioned once if I uh, you know a million times if I've mentioned once that I think um, that I think he um. um that I think Talbot is looks better than he actually has been because of our offense, but that's either here or there. <coughs> so, really upset about that Colorado goal. Um, you know, I think I was actually at the in-laws when I watched that, and it sucked. You could clearly see the puck get lodged underneath his pad before it went over the line, and I don't blame Evanson for getting as animated and pissed off as he did because I felt the same way. It's, it's you can't see it once it goes under his pad, but you can make an assumption and you can assume as it goes back, he drags it in there. However, I'm going to stop right effing there because the rule is the only reason it's a goal is if 100% of the puck can be seen past. The red line once it goes under the pad you don't know where it is so by rule and default by not making assumptions because if you're an nhl referee you can't just fucking make assumptions excuse my language um that should not have counted now had that not have counted you know do they score uh you know, still score a game to put into overtime, maybe, but that's neither here nor there. We could have had an opportunity to actually win this game in regulation, give Colorado zero points. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> that's um that's all I'm going to keep it at there. But, I mean, this team, you know, I think within the next couple of weeks here, we're going to be back at full strength, and this team is just playing unbelievable despite some of these injuries, despite some of these um. Despite some of these injuries, um despite you know, COVID and what have you and all these things. I mean it's amazing that um this far into the season we already have one, two, three, four, five players with at least ten goals. I'm in, in double, I in mean I mean it's just amazing. Um so yeah, super super excited for this uh wild team. Um another thing worth noting is, as of right now, they are fourth in the division. Now, excuse me, mind you, we've played a couple less games than the three teams above us. Nashville has 51, St. Louis has 51, and then Colorado has 55. Um, So that's <clears throat> what we have there. So kind of looking forward for this Minnesota Wild team, uh, their next game is actually going to be um, in Chicago at seven thirty tomorrow night, before hosting them on Saturday as a part of wrapping up the twenty twenty two Hockey Day Minnesota, that game will also be against uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. On Monday we'll host the Montreal Canadiens at seven pm, and that will wrap up our um week. For the Minnesota Wild. Um, Before we move on from hockey. Obviously the Winter Olympics are not just hockey. But worth noting. um, That the Winter Olympics are not far away here. And um, will be very interesting to watch. Obviously we will have. um, uh, They start on February 3rd. So. um, They start on February 3rd. So we will have another podcast. Next week with a guest. Um before that but just wanted to um mention that super excited to see uh the olympics um i always enjoy kind of you know watching a little bit of it uh, other than you know hockey and you know maybe a little bit of uh skiing or snowboarding i don't get too crazy into it but hey you know it's always uh, fun to support the us of a and um see them go out there and compete against you know the world's best will also be interesting to see these hockey games considering there's no NHL players from any team um and I mean you'd assume that you know the Finland's the Canada US and Russia will all be up there in the top you know 3 or 4 but I have been wrong before so with that we are moving on to football before we wrap up for the night just want to make everybody know that I was a perfect perfect 6 4 6 with um my um playoff uh wildcard picks for last week. So needless to say I was very very um picky with how I made them uh this week as not to screw that up. Uh, Cincinnati uh took care of Las Vegas 26 to 19. I know people say I even got into it a little bit with my brother about that call. I know people say, "Oh, there was an inadvertent whistle. If you watch that live, that whistle is blown a millisecond before this guy catches the ball. In fact, I saw a guy I saw a guy trying to run and hold up running to go get that guy before I heard the whistle blown. Now, is there a chance there was a little bit of a delay? And that, maybe, maybe. But the fact of the matter is that is not the reason Vegas lost that game. Truthfully, I thought Cincinnati was the better team in that game. And I thought they should have even won by more. So, um, And then I I had Buffalo beating New England. I did not think it was going to be that much of a throttle. Similar to Tampa Bay, uh, that game um, kind of went... I mean, about as well as I thought it would. I didn't think Philly would even put up 15, so kudos to them. Picked this San Fran over Dallas game. Uh, The one thing I will say about this, um, I got nothing against Dak Prescott. I just don't like Dallas because they're self-proclaimed, you know, America's frickin' team. Um, But whatever. So, um, but I will say this. I read an article that said if you watch any of these late games, as soon as they get the ball, they hand the ball to the referee to you know make it um make it you know go by quicker. now, let me say this: is it kind of weird the referee needs to touch it? Yeah, maybe, but it's still a rule, so you still need to do it. They didn't do it. they got F by it again. San Francisco was the better team. I thought they were the better team <laughs> at times did they look you know maybe not as good yet, but Plain and simple, yet again, the better team won. Um, And then Kansas City took care of Pittsburgh. um, And wow. I was very surprised by the Rams and um, Cardinals game. I thought it was going to be a lot closer. Truthfully, we look at the score. It was really 34-3 as Arizona got those 8 points within like the last 5 or 6 minutes. Um, But yeah, perfect 6-for-6, people. So with that i spent a lot of time on these picks <clears throat> so let's just get right into it and we're gonna go chronologically so for the first game we got on saturday on uh, the 22nd cincinnati at tennessee um i think in this game the titans um obviously had last week off and they should should have derrick henry back um I'm just going to come up right out and say I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to find a way to win this game. At this point they're playing with house money. Nobody I don't even think a lot of people expect them to win this last week. They're going to be playing with, you know, whatever they've got and I'm going to say this right now if Derrick Henry does not play, it is going to be a bigger win for the Cincinnati Bengals. If he does play, I still have them winning. Um but that will be the challenge for the Bengals' run defense that allowed 4.4 rush yards this season. Um, they do have some of their key players uh, on the front banged up with defensive attack uh, Larry Okijobi out. Um, that, as usual, will probably mean a heavy dose of Henry and the other Titans' backs as well. The Bengals do have an explosive pass offense, though, with T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, and Jamar Chase. Um, but... The offensive line is going to have to hold up for him, and I I like Joe Burrow's, um, I like his ability to extend the plays. I think the Titans were 25th in the pass against the pass this year, but they were also 7th with sacks, um, so I think that protection and Burrow's ability to kind of extend um, plays will be key for him. That thought the line was great last week, but this is another tough challenge um, if they can be, but... I think they're going to pull it off. I think it'll be another close game. I got the Bengals winning 27-20 um, over the Titans going on to the AFC Championship game. Second game, uh, 8-15, uh, San Francisco 49ers at Green Bay. Um This one was tough because I liked what San Francisco did against the Dallas Cowboys. And I would not be surprised if I was wrong about this game, but the 49ers impressed going on the road and beating Dallas. This will be a third straight road game for them. And that's going to be tough. I think the Packers once again, like the last game are coming off a bye and will be getting injured guys back. And that's a big edge for them as well as the atmosphere and the coldness. Um, Playing there, I think the key to beating the 49ers is blocking them up front. The Packers have done a great job of that, doing that this year, and they now have left tackle David Bakhtiari back. Um, so I think that's going to do nothing but help them. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have success down the field against the 49ers' secondary. And I think the key for the Packers' defense will be how well they can stop the run and put... Um, the game on Jimmy Garoppolo. I've, I've watched the San Francisco team a couple times this year, and they do a phenomenal job of running the ball effectively and finding different ways to get that going. So if they can stop that, I think they got this game in the bag, which I think they'll do a solid job. I got the Packers winning this game 30-21. Uh, to 21. Um, And then Sunday's games. This, um, I really, really, really believe this Rams-Buccaneers game I'm just gonna come out and say it right now. I think the winner of this game will ultimately win the Super Bowl. Um, this is obviously a rematch game from earlier in this season, won by the Rams. But this is a Rams team that's playing on a short week after playing Monday, and now has to go across the country, and that's going to be difficult for them. I think the Bucks have a lot of offensive line issues that could ultimately decide this game. <clears throat> Three of their linemen could miss this week's game, which would be which would suck for Tom Brady. Um. But Matthew Stafford played very well against the Cardinals team, and the Tampa Bay defense has had some issues on the back end as well. Um, I think it's healthier a little bit now. Um, but I think the Rams are going to want to run the ball and establish their passing game. So I think it's very, very, very imperative. Um, on the inside three to block vis-a-vis on that front. Um, and I think they can. I think this Rams team is loaded with stars, and I think they um this is when they're just going to have to show up i think it's going to be an upset i think the rams win this game 30 to 28 finally um i think this is going to be the most exciting game to watch this weekend 6:30 p.m. um buffalo bills at the Kansas city chiefs once again another rematch from earlier this season um that the bills uh beat the chiefs home field the Bills and Chiefs are both coming off of impressive victories both Mahomes and Allen lit up their opponents last week um but this is a big step up for both teams in terms of defenses the Bills have a top ranked defense bar none um and they built their pass rough in the offseason to beat Mahomes exactly right here as for the Chiefs defense um Excuse me, I don't think it's as good, but it played much better over the course of the second half of the season. I think the Chiefs love to blitz, which is going to leave Allen a lot of um free to run and make throws on the run and extend those plays. And I think that will ultimately be the difference here. I think the Bills behind Josh Allen will win a fun shootout game for the ages. I got them winning 45 to 44. Book it. So those are my four p- picks. Um, once again, I got Cincinnati over Tennessee. I got uh, Green Bay over San Francisco. I got L.A. Rams over the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Buffalo Bills over the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, thank you for listening this week. Like I said, once again, uh, make sure to listen next week as we will have a guest on. So with that, Remember, this podcast is about you guys, the listeners. If you have a topic you want me to address or a question you'd like me to answer, please reach out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram handles are at MiniWeekend, and email is MiniWeekend at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-N-Y-W-E-E-K-E-N-D at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions as well. Also, find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things Mini Weekend. Lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out. Till next time, Mini.